What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Keep It Posy podcast. My name is Jasmine, and this is episode 57. Before I get into this week's guest, let's talk about the Posy Spotlight. As some of you may know, the Posy Spotlight was created a few months ago to promote nonprofits that are doing something good for our society. Something that I may not have pointed out is that not too long after the feature was created, I started asking guests if they wanted to take part in choosing the nonprofit. So with the help of this week's guest, we are going to learn about the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services, or RAICES. RAICES is a nonprofit organization that promotes justice by providing free and low-cost legal services to underserved immigrant children, families, and refugees. With legal services, social programs, bond assistance, and an advocacy team focused on changing the narrative around immigration in the country, RAICES is operating on the national front lines of the fight for immigration rights. To learn more or make a donation to Raices, you can visit RaicesTexas.org. This week's episode features Corey, Jess, Chris, and Max of the emo post-hardcore band Winter Forever. Earlier this year, they released their debut full-length titled Levitas, and it is awesome. Honestly, When you're done listening to this episode, please go listen to the album. You will not be disappointed. In this conversation, the guys and I talked about the new album, their dream show, Blink-182, Thrice, The Cure, The 405 Freeway, and more. Here's my conversation with Winter Forever on the Keep It Posy podcast. But yay, how are you guys? Good. So before yay. I move on, I just want to make sure I have the um, name of the album. How do you pronounce it? Levitas. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Guys. <laughs> no, no, it's, dude, it's, every it's, interview has to ask That's what we get for using that weird character in the name. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it's, it's just levitate, but in toss instead of tape. So you say, let oh, okay. instead of yeah. Got it. Yeah. So congratulations on putting that out. It has been getting a lot of love, I've noticed. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, we hope so. <laughs> so there's themes dis- discussed and talked about on the album. Can you go into what and why you chose to talk about the topics you talked about. Hmm. That'd be Corey. Oh, okay. Here, here we go. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, honestly, it's just kind of a, a recap of the last 10 years of, of my life. Um, a, a lot of like questions and depression, anxiety, like working through that, trying to find a sense of normal. Um, and, you know, I've been dealing with that while trying to grow up. I never really did, but, um, yeah, just, just trying to find, like, a sense of balance or a, a sense of contentment and 
the experiences that come along with that, like failing relationships, um, friendships, uh, the emotional distress, like working through those and, and getting to a point where, you know, now I'm older and I, I've kind of found a balance where to be like, okay. And, and moving through stuff while still living with some of this stuff that doesn't really go away. Um, it's kind of stuff you think about for the rest of your life, but it doesn't really matter. Cause like, if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be where you're at. Things end up happening for a reason. Had they not happened wherever you're at in the moment, wouldn't be the moment you're living. Yeah, it's, yes, yeah, absolutely. It's a weird um, thing good to, way to put it. To, yeah. So for each of you, what song would, uh, would you say you're the most proud of? All right. Okay. Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, uh, my personal favorite that I, I think turned out really well is Pine. I don't know. That song speaks to me really well. And I think the way we arranged it sounds just interesting. I don't know. I'm like, I like the weirder, weirder stuff and that, and Pine goes into some weird areas, which I really like. Um, for me, uh, that's a hard one. Um, <laughs> I really li I like I like different bits about all of them, but maybe uh, six hundred forty four paper cranes might be my favorite. I think it's got I'm into like you know more of the pop punk stuff, and it's got that like feel to it, but also like has a moment in the bridge where it's a little darker. So I don't know. I really like that one. You're what about you, Max? For me. <laughs> ah, yeah. Uh, hands down. Yeah, I just think that that one is technically so fun to play. Um, f for me personally, with my instrument, uh, with playing bass, it was a chance for me to exper uh, experiment with different um, ways of playing, uh, throwing in like those weird effects toward the end, like chopping my signal up and everything. Yeah, if you kind of notice the end of the song, it's when we go into teach me to levitate and it's just, you know, hammering and then it goes into the cutout signal and stuff. Uh, we'd kind of messed around with that in the studio and just, it came out in a way that we really love. And it was just so fun to make that part and kind of make the song what it is, give it its general feel. Yeah. Tight. And that is why I went last because I knew Max would pick levitate, which would keep me from picking it. <laughs> so I'm going to pick bug sands. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I like that song. Um, that's like one of the the first times that I've, you know, taken responsibility for a lot of things that like, you know, there's, there's always two sides to every story. And so writing that song and like, and finding the other side and then kind of looking inward and seeing the type of person I am and how I, I deal with hard situations was, was a fun, but like eye opening thing for me. Plus that, that riff that I play throughout most of the song is really fucking fun to play. That's uh, <laughs> that's definitely one yeah, of the reasons. True, mm -hmm. true. What was your introduction to music? And musically, how did you guys get to where you're at? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. That is a good one. Uh, who wants to go? Should I go first again, or do you guys want to go yeah. first? Yeah. Okay. Go, go Jazz. Uh, okay, I th uh, I got started in music. Uh, I was nine years old, and my grandma got me like a uh, like a electronic like keyboard for my uh, for Christmas, my ninth uh, nine year old Christmas. 
So after that, I took uh, like piano lessons and I did like classical piano and all that. And so that's kind of where my music journey started. Then I got into like punk rock and stuff when I was like 11, like 10, 11, somewhere around there. And I got my first guitar, like my first like actual electric guitar when I was 13. And then I didn't take lessons or anything for that one. So I just kind of fiddled around and I looked up guitar tabs a lot on the internet and that's how I learned <laughs> how to play. I don't know. It's uh yeah. And then uh, when I was like 16, I learned about a band called Terramelos. They're like a math rock band and they did lots of like finger tapping. And that's now that's like where my, uh, my interests are in guitar. So, yeah. All right. Next person. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'll go. Um, my, my grandpa played drums. That's so I started playing drums pretty young, like fifth or sixth grade. I don't know what age you are. And I started literally just in concert band with like, you know, single snare drum and then, or only playing the bass drum or playing the uh, xylophone. And then, but I learned to read music and stuff. So I was really good. And then my grandpa gave me one of, let me use one of his drum sets. Um, when he saw that it was more than just like a passing, like, something I would wasn't just going to give up. And uh, that was pretty much it. Like once I played a full drum set for the first time, I was like in love. So, um, and then mu music style wise, I was pretty much the same as Jess. I got into punk super young and learned to do that. Do tat, do tat, do tat, do tat. Like, uh, <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah. <laughs> I took like also jazz band and marching band and stuff. So I started learning more stuff and then got into a bunch of different styles of music and yeah, but kind of came back to like the alternative punk stuff. That's what I'll always love, I think. So, and then I also play a little guitar, but that's, it's so little, it's almost not worth mentioning, but <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. Uh, nobody in my family was really uh, super musically inclined or like interested in playing music up until me, as far as I know. Um, and I, you know, got into like Blink-182 and stuff at a pretty young age. And it, the more that I got into punk music and things like that, I started really thinking, oh, it'd be great to learn how to play an instrument and kind of develop some self-expression that way and uh, just have fun with it. And so I had bugged my parents for probably like a year straight to just get me an electric guitar just you know get me one for christmas whatever it doesn't have to be nice i don't care just i want to try an instrument and i think i finally you know uh, got him to break down and do it it was probably christmas uh around age 11 for me uh i don't want to go back and do the math but i was 11 years old um anyway and uh <laughs> he got me like a first act guitar and an amp to go with it it was just one of those cheap combo deals um and i i picked it up and i had played it i dedicated myself to it i got guitar for dummies which was surprisingly helpful <laughs> um i'll admit that freely um, so yeah i i got into it i had stuck to practicing like an hour every day for like a year and it just felt like hammering railroad spikes in my fingers but i uh, got into that and it was a blast uh i played guitar for like 15 years up until this band and uh just had guitar like very well covered um same thing with Corey. they they were excellent at that and they just needed a bassist so i jumped into that and been playing bass for just a couple of years now but i was able to translate a lot of what i learned from guitar into that and 
uh, I've been really happy doing it. I prefer playing bass to guitar at this point. Thanks. Cool. Um, yeah, my, my story is not as cool as theirs. Um, so growing up, I just love music. Nobody in my family is really musically inclined. My parents both had guitars, but neither of them knew how to play them. Uh, my uncle was really into guitar, but he died when I was young. And uh, I remember like at the time the Blink-182 album, Enema of the State came out, um, my older brother got his old guitar from my grandparents. And so we were both terrible at it, um, but we still tried to play it because we thought being in a band would be really cool. Then we just never touched it again for like 10 years. And I got into high school with Max and I wanted to be in a band and him and his brother were playing guitar and bass. So I was like, I'll just scream, I guess. And so we did like the, the screaming punk rock band and it wasn't great, but it was fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, then I, I just stopped doing music altogether after that ended for, for years and then did some traveling. And when I came back to Boise in 2016, um, I got together with Max again. And I was like, hey dude, you should teach me how to play guitar. And so he set some time aside and we, we practiced and you know, I learned a couple chords and then I'd just sit at home every night, just playing, trying to figure out new stuff. I still don't know what chords are what, but I just put my fingers on the guitar and it makes sounds come out. And I was like, this is cool. This sounds great. So started doing that. And then we had one band before this didn't pan out. And then this one, and yeah, I'm still, still kind of learning guitar, but I, I feel like I've surrounded myself with people that are um, educated enough that they can help me work through stuff. And these guys have, have pushed me to get even better than I was before. So um, yeah, very, very, very cool. Very happy that I met the people I did and I learned when I did, cause I feel pretty confident in it now. Uh, I wouldn't have known that, which everything just said about learning how to play guitar at a later age. Uh, so whatever you're doing i mean it's working yeah <laughs> he's yeah. done such a good job at developing his own style i mean since like i had first started teaching him basic chords a c d whatever like he's just transformed it into just his own style of playing and yeah it's it's awesome it's very he's, distinctive and fun to listen to he's very modest about how skillful he is like uh he he does he does stuff way better than i some things way better than i do and i've been playing for like a million years so like he's he's a quick learner and he's and he tries he's like actually gives the effort when he's like trying to learn something so he actually progresses pretty fast I'll cry about that later thanks jess <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome thanks. and i i can't help but notice that jess and Corey are both wearing joyce manor shirts <laughs> <laughs> We, we saw that. We're giant Joyce Manor nerds. Oh, yeah. no. So it was funny. We actually had another interview, and we had no idea, but Max texted us after the interview um, a little earlier today, and he was like, you guys know you're both wearing Joyce Manor shirts, right? <laughs> we're like, no. <laughs> I didn't even realize. Yeah. So that's, yeah. Uh, that's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> Shout That's out to awesome. them for being awesome, I yeah, guess. Yeah, shout out to Joyce Banner. We, uh, we love your music. Uh, you guys rule. I'm surprised you could, you could yeah. even notice that yeah. past well, my hair. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't notice it right away until I saw, like, the C-E and the O-R. Mm -hmm. yeah. like, oh, wait. That's a Joyce Manor too. So I started paying attention to it more. <laughs> but, yeah, so if Joyce Manor's listening, you might want to take out these guys on the road 
yes, please. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah we'll, <laughs> we'll go. that out. We'll go. We, we'll oh, just quit our guess. jobs. It doesn't matter. Yeah, we'll go. Guess, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. What is the first album you ever bought? Oh, yeah. Uh, for me, it was Sum 41, All Killer, No Filler. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, is this, that lip, is, dude. Just play it on that repeat. Yeah. Dude, is this with that. our own money or our parents' money? <laughs> this, well, at least for me, that was my own money. That was the first yeah. time. I you, spent well, if you money. want to throw out both, why not? Oh, my gosh. The first one that my parents bought for me was Backstreet Boys, the, yeah. the Millennium album. <laughs> Dude, that is so sick, hands down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good album. I still listen to that album to this day. Yeah. Dude, mine, mine was the, I think it was, if my parents bought it for me, it was probably either the NSYNC debut LP or the uh, the um, Enem of the State CD. I can't remember if it's the first oh, one wow. I bought. bought you that? Oh, oh I, I, I pulled the 18 sticker off of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's nice. nice. So, like, I pulled I pulled the parental advisor sticker off of it and gave it to my dad. And then when he was uh, at the register, I started talking to him to distract him. So he just paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> they caught me listening to it, and that first song came on. Uh, She's a fucking nightmare. And my parents like, looked at me and like, "What are you listening to?" I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "Mom and dad, if you're watching this, I'm I'm not sorry. It's a great album." <laughs> that was funny. Uh, uh, first album I ever got well my parents got me so I was only allowed to listen to Christian music uh, when I was super young so they bought me a band called DC Talk which if you grew up Christian at all you definitely know who DC Talk is and they're super terrible um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then but the first album I ever bought on my own was a ska band called the Supertones. Hell yeah. Uh, which they're also Christian, but they were Scots, So I felt like they were a little bit cooler. Um, <laughs> and then, but then that led me like, I think the second album I bought that was like dead Kennedy's. So I took like a right turn. After, uh, uh, <laughs> Left turn. Yeah. Whatever. yeah. <laughs> you might say. Uh, mine is definitely a little out there. Uh, nobody would probably peg me for this, but uh, my first album that I bought with my own money came from a Barnes & Noble gift card that I got when I was a kid sometime around the year 2000. Uh, CD, the CD's name, because I got it from my Walkman, uh, the CD's name was <laughs> Beware of Dog by a little artist known as Lil Bow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! I listened to it at the time, and I'm like, man, this this is exactly what I want. And so, yeah, I went and bought it, and man, I must have played that thing start to back, front to back, probably fifty times that year. I mean, damn, yeah, little bow wow, that's it. Hell yeah! I think with my own money, it was probably got some bangers on there. Wait, with your own money as what? Uh, it was Mobilize, the anti-flag album. That's the first oh, one that's I bought good myself. One. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Damn, dude, I, I'm super jealous. I wish I bought a little Bow Wow now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's awesome. Yeah, Enema of the State. I've told this story before on the podcast. A friend of mine from class, she had to burn me a copy of it. 
Because, I yeah. mean, look at the album cover. Your parents aren't going to do Yeah. Yeah, my, I remember asking my mom for Blink-182, but she knew who that was, and she was like, absolutely not. Oh, There's yeah. no way you're going to get that. Oh, <laughs> so I had, to, I had to go to my friend's house to listen to it. Yeah. My mom would have hit me with a Bible. So, uh, <laughs> no, no way. I think a burned yeah. copy of uh, Enema of the State is about as punk as it gets, though. That's true. Yep. That's yeah, true. That's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah, I, I later bought it eventually without them really knowing what I was buying. But yeah. you know how it goes. You try to make it up to the band one way or another. Uh-huh. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think I think Blink-182 is doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sending all the good, all the good vibes to Mark. Mm. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, dude, that's rough. Really um, sad news. What was the first concert you went to? Blink-182. Oh. Oh, I'm jealous. Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, man, mine was super fun. So it was a a place called the Big Easy. There were a few of those around. It was a chain uh, venue at some point. Now it's the Knitting Factory. Uh, But, yeah, definitely some of those sprinkled throughout the U.S. Um, And it was sometime April. I don't remember the year. I remember it was April because it was still not terribly hot outside. Uh, It was Anti-Flag, Smoker Fire, The Unseen, Dear Lord. The wow. It was a pretty stacked bill. Wow. Um, That's crazy. Yeah. So I got got to see Anti-Flag for my very first show, and that was mind-blowing. That was so good. I was more into the unseen at the time, uh, so I was definitely there for them, but Anti-Flag uh, obviously blew me away. I mean, their stage presence is far and away some of the best I've ever seen in punk music. That's good. That Chris, cool. too, is super charismatic, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine was uh, Switchfoot. Ah! <laughs> 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 yeah, exactly. It was before they were famous. Uh, um, they had just released like their first album that was going to go like platinum or whatever, but it hadn't yet. And they played a free show at Yucaipa High School. I grew up in oh. uh, right outside of Yucaipa, California. Um, and there was maybe 50 people there and then like and then literally like two months later you were hearing them on the radio and they were playing like stadiums but yeah it was wild uh my first concert was metallica (laughs) i think i was like 12 years old (laughs) it was awesome (laughs) it was a really great show they like uh I mean, so it was after St. Anger came out, so they played some oh. stuff that I didn't like as much from that album. Uh, but they did play all the all the big stuff, like Blackened and uh, Red, uh, Red Lightning. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a really good. Like my seats weren't super close, but it was close enough so I could see like Kirk Hammett just going crazy, and so it was it was a pretty damn good concert. Uh, who opened for them was a Godsmack. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> so, not a huge Godsmack fan, but their singer is a is like a fantastic drummer apparently, and him and the Godsmack drummer did like a solo off, and it was actually really cool. So, I, I actually uh, give them props for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang, those are eclectic. Like each one. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> that is so sick, though. That is yeah. sick. Wow. 
So, what three bands, dead or alive, would you play a show with, and where would you play? Oh my gosh. There are so many good ones out there anymore. Um, yeah. I would say gun to my head, like right now, it would be uh, Citizen, I think would be a blast to play with. Uh, Manchester Orchestra, because I've been listening to them a ton since their latest album. Um, and Touche Amore. Be a super weird bill, but let's just say all those. <laughs> and I would want to play at Chain Reaction. Hell yeah, dude. That'd be sick. I, uh, after the pandemic, I would say I'll literally play any show right now. But uh, <laughs> because I haven't played live music in over a year. But uh, Dream Bill would probably be... It doesn't have to be three for me. As long as I could play with Thrice, I would be just over over the moon. They're my they're my favorite band. So very freaking sweet. Um, uh, if it was me, I'd probably say the Hotelier, the Cure, and I'll yeah, I'll just go for it. Joyce Manor. Fuck it. <laughs> I was gonna be disappointed if neither yeah. of you said that. I was gonna say no do over. You have to put well, them in there. Yeah, to, it was, no, it, take it the was shirts off. Lot view, but I was like, nah, dude, I'll go with Joyce Manor. Oh, Take my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. Um, for me, it would probably be. Oh, man, this is hard. I'm gonna go with uh, every time I die. Uh, Bl- Black Flag and Dead Kennedys. They're probably my yep. favorite. Right. Or the Kennedys before they went conservative. Well, yeah, old, old, <laughs> yeah. Real the Kennedys. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably my dream bill. That's Damn, awesome. Okay. So when you guys all play that, those shows, <laughs> you're going to play Southern California and I'll be there. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> all of those are stacked. Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just just we're getting all those bands in. We'll, so, we'll get them to play. Um, dude. So, Chris, are you gonna see Thrice in the fall? Uh, most likely. It's Thrice. <laughs> Thrice rarely comes within you know four hundred miles of me where I don't go see them. So, we live in we live in Boise, so they rarely stop in Boise. But I pretty much every year, whenever they tour, I drive to Portland to see them. So, yeah, they did come here uh, a couple years ago. They did, yeah. Uh, yeah that was uh, awesome. That was cool. Um, it was weird though because it came. It was like part of like a what was that show called? Rockstar. It was like it was like Rockstar Festival. Festival. So they <laughs> only had like a thirty-minute set, um, and it was sandwiched in between like ten bands. Um, which there was a lot of good bands that day, so it was cool. Um, yeah. Like Circus Survive was awesome. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, um, that that tour in the fall, them headlining with Touche Amore. That's that's a sick tour. So that's yeah. insane. That would yeah. be an insane show. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, understand. dude, that's gonna be sick. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. a lot of the bands you guys mentioned are playing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think everybody's just like, we're all starting tours now. Like everybody's getting out there as fast as they can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, dude, that's sick. So wait, Corey, you said the cure, right? Yes. Okay, so when that happens, uh, oh, don't forget about me. 
We'll be on the guest list for sure. Yes, we'll be on the guest list for sure. If for some reason I can trick Robert Smith into playing a show with us, <laughs> I will. I will absolutely get you on the guest list. <laughs> Dude, that would be so sick, man. Heck yeah. Yes. Um, I, I wouldn't even know what to do. That would be like yeah. so surreal. Play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you, you want us to open for you guys? Like you, you can get anybody you want. Why do you want us? <laughs> Just you've all seen, you've all seen that thing where the reporter is like super stoked and yep. Robert yeah. Smith is. Oh, uh, dude, I love like, it because it, it's <laughs> that, that's just him though. Like, yeah. <laughs> What did you say? Not as excited as you, or something. Like no, she's that. like. Are, she, 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 the lady says, "Are you excited, as excited as I about your induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame?" And she's like, "And he's like, apparently <laughs> not." <laughs> like I love. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so you've been asked about your dream lineup. Now I gotta ask about your dream collaboration. If you could oh, collaborate yes. with any musician, dead or alive, who would you pick? We got lucky, and I already got to do mine, which is really yeah. cool. Uh, I think Corey and I might have said the same thing with this or thought the same thing, but getting to work with Nathan Hussey from All Get Out was uh, even more than I thought it was going to be. It, like I learned a lot about just music in general, um, getting to play with him. He's a really insightful producer has a lot of uh, great ways to kind of help bring out, had a lot of great ways to help bring out our potential and make this a super good album. So for me, I've kind of done it, but I'd still like to do it again. <laughs> like LP2, <laughs> be cool. Yeah, I, uh, I, I feel kind of similar, um, but I'm also very, uh, I, I have to set a goal for myself. So like, I'm like, okay, cool. So I got to work with Nathan, which is one of the things that I wanted to do. I mean, since I first found I'll Get Out. So now I'm like, oh, who can I work with next? Like, who, who is somebody I want to shoot for? And um, I think somebody that I could really write well with and that would kind of help me bring out uh, more of, like, the, the style that I like and what I'm going for is Christian Holden from The Hotelier. Um, the dude writes, you know, obviously very different, but, like, the same type of music I like where it's soft and loud and it has those transitions and those changes that are really, really interesting. But, like tells a very vivid story at the same time so for me that's that's my next guy i'll get him one day we'll <laughs> <laughs> just keep, keep tweeting at him <laughs> uh for me uh i think i'd go with prince i think that would be like the most amazing like experience to be able to like write music with prince like that would have been just like He's like so talented and he's just like so experienced. He was like so experienced. Like he must have just had like just his mind was just like so many miles past mine. So it'd be really awesome to like see what was in there and just like have him like what what we could do together. That would be just like incredible experience, I think. I really appreciate that you're doing the dead part of the dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, who, who? And in my mind, like Prince is like the most amazing musician that I can think of. So, like, oh yeah. yeah. Um, I don't really, I don't really think of like collaborating. Maybe it's because I'm mostly a drummer. But if if I could do one of those things where like you're playing a show and then somebody does a guest spot or something, I think. Uh, 
I don't know, having like Rob Halford from Judas Priest come out and sing or something would be super <laughs> sick. Like, that yeah. Like, just, <laughs> oh yeah. Just like, if we're going to, if we're talking about something like this, it's just going to be like somebody that's like a legend like that. Cause like everybody that's in our scene, like is super accessible right now. Cause everybody's like trying to make money. So everybody's like, yeah, I'll be your producer. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm just thinking of somebody that's like, it, it would be out of this world to like work with or to even be on the stage with. And it would be someone like that. So yeah. That'd be super sick. <laughs> and haven't they been around for like fifty years or something? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. He, he, yep. Yeah. He, like, dude, he was like seventy and he was still kicking ass. Like he was singing yep. still or something like that. Yeah. It was. It was great. He's great. That is sick. What's your favorite thing about music? <sighs> All right. Uh. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of good stuff about music. For me, it's like I'm like kind of an introverted person. So for me, music is a way to connect with other people that I'm not normally able to do. Uh, like, I'm, if you can play like a beautiful song uh, and you can get some like some excitement, some energy from the crowd, like it's like it's like transcends like conversation kind of like gets like uh, a way to communicate with outside of just like speaking, like you can do directly uh, uh, share your emotions. I don't know. But for me, that's like, that's why I think I've kept going with music. Like it's fun to play, but that aspect is what kept me going. Um, yeah. Nope. Um, yeah, for, for me, I think it's kind of similar to Jess, but it's like a, a cathartic feeling. Um, I get to write about stuff in a way that I don't have to be specific, but I feel like I can get, um, some of like the thoughts and emotions out and, uh, and share those with people. And then to have those people connect with me or, or have them find something completely different in the song and have that conversation later, like things that made them think of things that made them, you know, feel better about, or, or even if they just enjoyed the song, like just seeing that reaction from people and, and hearing like, you know, people while we're playing live or like the conversations afterwards is a, a really big thing for me. It makes me feel like um, what I'm doing is worth it. And that like, there's, there's a purpose for it. And it's not just me whining over or uh, whining over a guitar. Like I used to think I was. So um, yeah. Uh, for me, so one thing about drums specifically is the physicality of it. Like if I'm stressed or whatever, and I get behind the drum kit, there's, there's just like a, a physical release that is there that, um, is awesome. Uh, but like music in general, it's pretty similar to what Jess and Corey just said. Um, I'm not really introverted, but, uh, as an as an extrovert it's it's still cool to like um to share like i always i'm the type of person if i really like something i want to like i want to tell people about it and like share it because like i love the feeling of like connecting with somebody over something that you like so like sharing a new band with somebody or like going to a show and everybody in the room is like loving what's happening like that's that's right up my alley like that's that's what i like to do anyway so um like i'll i've been definitely known to like dominate a conversation just about stuff i like so but uh being in a room full like of people just 
all feeling the same thing uh, about a song or an artist. Like that's, that, I love that. So for me, it's just hearing uh, the different things that people can do with the music they play. Uh, just kind of the way that people add their own style or uh, flavor to their own music uh, for me is really the most interesting part about it because uh, a lot of music uh, is influenced by a lot of other music anymore. And so you're bound to not find something that's hundred percent original at this point, but hearing the way that people can take what exists and what their influences are and make something that is more or less unique from that is always really fun. Um, it's fun to see, you know, hear it for the first time and feel the way that it makes me feel or, you know, just think, oh man, I never would have thought to play that way or to write those lyrics like that, or I've never really thought about things that way before. So that kind of stuff is really interesting to me. It's not new in a way that I would say, but like it, it's refreshing and it's something cool that just has never occurred to me. Good. I like that. You guys all kind of talk about it from a musician standpoint too, which I like that. Cause uh, I mean, we can nerd out about stuff from a music fan standpoint, but I like how you guys gave your answers from a, the, like the creative standpoint. How do you guys stay positive? Can I skip this question? <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, honestly, these guys, these guys keep me positive. Like when I'm like, I think anytime someone's feeling down or something like that, you can count on one of one of the other band mates to kind of pick you up or give you some perspective on uh, what's good in your life or what's worth like being happy about. Yeah, I, for me, it's like friendships and family, or like that's where like my my mom and my brother too. Like those those kind of relationships are what keep me like looking up, looking ahead, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like the these dudes in the band are my best friends, and like Jess said, I've, like oh, our group chat is just nonstop every day, pretty much. Like. Uh, we had to create we had to create a separate chat for like important things because if we try to talk about important things then like the main chat it just gets buried under jokes and memes and uh, um, and then yeah just family um, I've got a I have a wife and two kids uh, two daughters um, it I'm not I'm not really a super a person that's like super susceptible to like depression that just doesn't like I, I get sad obviously like everybody but um but like my grandpa suffered from depression and i know a lot of people who do and I, it definitely doesn't feel like that for me so staying keeping positive might come a little more just natural to me um but having having daughters is a big deal like it gives me hope for the future like because i'm like okay as a parent i can try to affect the world in a good way by raising them to be what I hope are good people. So, yeah. Uh, I think for me, the way that I stay positive, I'd say the first way is 150 milligrams of uh, Wellbutrin every day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Definitely helps. <laughs> literally. But uh, and more figuratively, um, I would say, yeah, uh, 
definitely time spent with all three of these guys here. Uh, sometimes it's nice. I'll, I'll go quiet in our conversations because it's sometimes just nice to like sit and listen to these guys talk and like make jokes and goofballs and uh, just kind of hear like their ideas and thoughts and um, all the stuff that's going on with them lately. So that's always really fun. Um, I'd say the other stuff apart from music, cause that's, that is a really big part of our lives collectively. We, you know, we're lucky to get to do that now after the pandemic, like once a week. And that's been something that feels like a privilege. It is a privilege. But aside from that, I would just say like, uh, photography is really fun. Um, traveling is really fun. I can't wait to, you know, for that to be possible again at some point, we've all kind of traveled, uh, fairly. Uh, we've got a number of different places under our belt that we visited, but, um, I really enjoyed going to Japan. I was able to go there in September of 2019. Uh, I think three out of the four of us have been there and we've all loved it. So travel is another big one. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's weird. Uh, I, I am not medicated. Um, I used to be, but now I kind of just can't afford it. And uh, on top of that, just uh, doing the, the band thing. So these three guys are, are pretty much the the biggest driving force to keep pushing music and um outside of that it's just uh you know surrounding myself with family and trying to keep positive thoughts in my head um it's it's not a constant i you know still have days sometimes weeks where it's just a switch flips and nothing feels right but um most of the time i just end up locking myself in this office and writing songs just a bunch of different songs 90% of them never see the light of day but um, stuff like that helps me uh, kind of stay grounded and and feel like I'm getting getting something out of me that I need to so that's the majority of of how I do it and then yeah like these guys said um, even when I try to ignore them they uh, they just keep sending me texts and, <laughs> and like <laughs> so, sometimes I'm like I don't want to hear this right now and then I read the text and I start laughing to myself I'm like damn it <laughs> so yeah, I'm very very thankful for from you know my my best friends, my band, my family. Like they they're all pretty much the same thing. Um, so yeah, there's that. That's awesome. Friendships are important, especially in the last year. You guys are practicing already. You guys have have been able to have band practice. Yeah, we're all we're, we're all, all vaccinated, vaccinated, so yeah. So for about a month or month, month and a half. Yeah, I think. yeah. So. We got we got our shots fairly early, I think, for the most yeah. part. So there's a knows. nice little place that we go to that we rent out uh, weekly called the Hive, here, mm-hmm. and they're all about <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, being a community resource for uh, mental health specifically. Uh, they connect a lot of local musicians and other people who are interested in what they're doing with uh, counselors in the area and other, ser- other sorts of mental health services. Um, and they use a lot of their proceeds for that. But like, we like to rent a place uh, with them just because they have some decent facilities and like, it's just a good place uh, to be able to get together. Yeah. And they're really good at, um, you know, making sure that, you know, if you haven't been vaccinated, they'll ask you to like wear a mask and all that stuff. So they try and stay on top of that. It really is kind of on the honor system, but I don't think anybody who's using uh, that, that place is going to be dishonest about that. I mean, everybody seems pretty invested in uh, taking care of each other or doing the right thing. Yeah. uh, Yeah. The Boise Hive is awesome. Um, It's basically like a, it was the rec- like the whole thing was a recording studio at one point, 
and now the recording studio is still there, but I don't know if they added or it was always as big as it is, but it's got like four or five rooms where you can, you rent out and it's pretty inexpensive. We're talking like $10 an hour for the biggest room. And then it just goes down from there. Uh, and that comes with PAs and everything. So you can, uh, you just bring your own mics and, uh, it's a really cool resource for bands in the Boise area. So our first scheduled show back is in September. Uh, we're playing Tree Fort Music Fest in Boise. Um, but if everything safety-wise with the pandemic keeps looking up, we're definitely, uh, we might take shows before then, and then we're definitely looking at tour, if not the end of this year, definitely the beginning of next year. So, yeah, but it all just, we're, we're kind of crossing our fingers because don't want to pull the trigger too early and uh, have another flare up or anything, but it's, it's, everything's looking good so far. So. Well, I'm glad to hear that you guys are making things happen and that, you know, everyone's watching out for each other. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And hopefully when you guys go on tour, you, you guys will play down here. That you really want to. We've played in California before, and it, it was a blast. Yeah, we played uh, San Francisco and Santa Ana. Where did you guys play in Santa Ana? Uh, Beatnik Bandito. It's, it's like, like a, a record, record store. store. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, it's kind um, of on the... There's like a... Not a boardwalk, but... It, Kind of is like a mimicking a boardwalk type area. It was uh, it was it was really fun to get the trailer in there. <laughs> it, it was very much a DIY type of show, but yeah, yeah. we yeah. take a trailer tour, and man, the four hundred five is not very forgiving. <laughs> a band with trailers, you know, with yeah. a trailer. <laughs> yeah, there was what was like artichokes spilled all over the highway. <laughs> Truck had like spilled artichokes all over. We were already we were already an hour late to the show because us being as smart as we were, we did our Santa Ana show the day after our San Francisco show. Told you we should have. So we had to drive from San Francisco to Santa. Ana. <laughs> and, uh, uh, we we were only like an hour late, so that was good. But yeah, traffic on the four hundred five. Uh, Kind of sucked. I hated artichokes but... for a whole week. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, didn't want to see another artichoke made a <laughs> Dude, I don't know anyone who likes the 405. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, you have to leave at like 5 o'clock if you're trying to be in the office by 8 or something. <laughs> yeah. 5.30 yeah, at the latest if you don't want to hit any heavy traffic. It's wild, dude. Yeah, um, it was pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for anybody who has to get on that freeway to get to work or to school because UCLA is, you know, Westwood area. So, sorry, guys. Sorry, <laughs> guys. I that to you. Uh, <laughs> Do you guys have any last words? Anything else you would like to let the people know? Um, uh, oh, uh, if you like our music and you'd like us to come to your city let us know because we're looking for places yeah. to tour and stuff like that so we love when people mm -hmm. are like hey you should come to wherever where i am because 
we would like they wanted here and we're like totally down with that we like want to just yeah. figure out cool places to play so if you have like a cool venue or something like that and, like you think we'd be a good fit like that would, shoot us a message on like instagram or whatever and, uh, yeah, we, we were on everything let us know instagram twitter facebook whatever just yeah mm-hmm. our biggest yeah. challenge is getting uh getting a hold of contacts in the areas where we're trying to tour we have the west coast areas kind of figured out more or less but we haven't toured out east or anything and we want to do that too so yes yeah other than that i get uh, tell your promoters to talk to us or, or help us book something over there and then follow us on on the internets and keep listening to our music because yeah we're we're looking to to get out and go places and see things and people so if you want us to come see you keep uh keep listening and reach out because we love it all right cool. everyone help winter forever get on tour yeah! yeah! Help if us! Entered, if you're listening. <laughs> yes! Yeah. <laughs>